0: Thanks for tuning in. This is Steve McGrath, and you're listening to my conversation this week with Super Bowl champion Selvish Capers. Now, Selvish won that Super Bowl as a member of the New York Giants under Coach Coughlin, and he came to New York from Washington, the team that drafted him in 2010, and Selvish took that Super Bowl-winning season. The success he gained as an athlete going to West Virginia, being an all-conference player before going to the NFL, and then the CFL after that, and has found that success in the second part of his life post being an athlete. So we're going to talk about Athletes Forward. It's the foundation that he created, and he works to help high school students prepare for life after the game. So he is preemptively making sure that athletes have a plan at the most basic level to have success in their life when they're not on a field or on a court. So I'm going to let Selvish drop some knowledge on you as we talk about his playing days, the foundation, and ultimately what makes people successful. So without any further ado, here's my conversation with Selvish Capers.: All right, I am pleased to be joined by the man, Selvish Capers. Selvish. How are you doing today, man? I'm doing great, man. Thanks for having me. I'm excited. I, I'm excited. Thank you for taking the time. <laughs> You know, um, what we were just talking about before we started here, I believe rookies are about to report to training camp within the next two or three days, give or take. No one knows anything. We don't know what's happening with the preseason. Obviously, the offseason program to this point has been a complete disaster for obvious reasons. If you were to put that helmet back on right now, what would be going through your mind with everything up in the air?
1: Uh, Will I get sick? I think that would probably be the first thing, (laughs) right? You know, I think that would probably be the first thing I'm thinking about. But I mean, it's kind of twofold, right? I'd be excited to see teammates and you know, be around. I'll be in that environment again with teammates, staff. You know, we can all catch up and 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 kind of build that team bonding and get that experience all over again. Um, But I guess on the other side, you know, I got to think about, like I said, getting sick and you know, being in an environment where you're dealing with people that are coming from multiple you know backgrounds and you know being exposed to everyone and hoping that you know no one has been around someone who else who may has, may have been exposed so it's, it's a challenge for sure um but overall I mean I think I would just be really excited and hopefully that can kind of you know overcast all of the doubt that I may have but yeah
0: so yeah but in short you're a human being uh, you're obviously going to yeah. think of these things <laughs> so I mean how do you think at the end of the day if we actually get to the fall and there's a season. Are we going to mm-hmm. see play take a little bit of a drop-off? Because guys are just a little bit more concerned and just all these things that everyone now has to think about.
1: That's a good question. Um, I don't think so. Um, I think that would probably be something to think about if they had fans at the games. I don't foresee fans being a part of the games. So I think with the teams or with the, the uh, guys just being around each other, um, all the time, they'll you know just be in an environment that is pretty safe. Um, so I don't think that's something they would necessarily want to worry about. Now, I guess playing against across the line from someone else, you know, in a diff- uh, an opponent, that's a challenge. But overall, I think everybody'd be okay. I don't think you'll see a drop off just because. I mean, it's a job. It's a it's a job you have to come to every day. You gotta perform and you gotta play. If you don't play, you don't get paid. So that's another reality uh, check that I think everybody has to think about as well.
0: Yeah. It- exactly um you know of course there's so much that's yet to be seen you know there's guys in the NBA and NHL that were opting out of coming getting back into the the bubble where they're gonna but mm-hmm. so you, who who's to say you know the NFL doesn't even know what testing or anything else what they're gonna do so they, I think a lot's gonna happen in the next call it five weeks or so
1: yeah it's a whole lot to think about man that's you got 32 different teams you know plus front office press you know coaching staff and that's just a lot to think about. And then the venues, I mean, not the venues, but the stadiums that they're going to play in. You know, it's just, it's a whole lot. So, I mean, good luck to them. I'm glad I'm not a part of it right now. <laughs> but uh, I'm sure they'll figure it out.
0: Yeah, and I was even, th- like, a punter, they're they are not getting too close to anyone. But, I mean, if you're an offensive line, you're, you're, you you—you got hands on you every single play. So, uh, different levels for, for different guys.
1: Exactly, exactly. So, I mean... Uh, I think the only time linemen really try not to touch someone is when it's cold outside. <laughs> but I mean, I think this this time would be an exception too. So we'll see.
0: Definitely. Uh, but no, of course, you haven't been playing for a couple of years now. Um, from what I can see, the Athletes Forward Foundation is something that you've spent at least the last couple of years on. And on top of that, apartment list is where you're also working. So What's life like today? COVID stuff aside, you know, how are you focusing your time and energy?
1: Yeah, so my time and energy now is literally, you know, nose deep into both of those that just brought up. So Athletes Forward, I can kind of talk to that first. I mean, that's my foundation that I have. It's more of a career development foundation for student athletes. Um, It just preps them you know, for life after sports, for them to make that transition. So it helps with mental uh, health, with how to build a resume, uh, financial literacy, um, how to conduct themselves in a job interview, what to prep for, and just to also, you know, have them interact and network with different people um, from different industries, professional industries, Um, learn how to build a network early. That way, when they do have to transition, they can just make that quick phone call and say, hey, you know, I'm interested in being a part of this company. I'm interested in this particular job. And, you know, they can have a foot in the door. Um, But then also just more importantly, you know, the mental health aspect, I think, is very important. Um, A lot of guys, after they're done, their playing days are over with they try to make that transition. And they've been doing something, you know, playing that sport all of their life. That's all they know for the most part. Um, And when it's time to transition and jump into the, I guess, the real world of the workforce, um, it's a challenge just because they're behind, right? You got guys that may have played six, seven, eight years in the NFL, but, you know, in the workforce, they're, they're fresh, they're entry level. And it's hard for them to get a job just because they're competing with, you know, younger candidates who have current experience or who may have an MBA or graduate degree, and they can come in and, 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 and hit the ground running. So just putting those guys in positions where, you know, they can kind of concede um, initially, like coming, coming straight out of sports, I think is key just because, I mean, I, don't, I know a lot of guys who have struggled with their transition, and it's not fun. So if you can catch, if you can, you know, get the young athletes on board while they're young, I think it can benefit them for the long term.
0: Oh, absolutely. I, I mean, just imagine, I, I mean, you, you would certainly know better than I being a professional mm-hmm. at something for years and then all of a sudden you're a rookie again and you're right. used to playing at a high level. And now right. you're not even able to play at a high level. You're in a completely different game, whole new field. Exactly. So yeah, are man. you working mostly with but middle school, high school, college? So
1: right now it's middle school and college. I'm sorry, not middle school, <laughs> high school and college. Um, I think they, especially college, um, they're probably one of the biggest focuses we're trying to focus on now for, uh, well, it was 2020, but we've kind of dialed back a little bit and most of that stuff is virtual. But um, hands-on, I guess, per se, we wanted to really focus on college for 2021 um, and still maintain our relationships with high schools. Um, I think it's really important. High schools, it's really cool. We have two different types of programs. Um, High school is mainly to kind of help kids make that transition from high school to college because that's a different animal as well and I, I believe you know sports is a business right so they should have you know some north or where to understand um that college is a business and what they should expect going into it um and then from college i'm sorry from from uh college to the you know professional world or the workforce i mean it's a challenge as well like you said there'll be rookies again and trying to adjust to that lifestyle is gonna to be totally different. So um just prepping them early and prepping them for that transition um while they can still make it as seamless as possible um is pretty important.
0: Definitely. So are are you in like a certain geographic location or are you all across the country? No, so right now I'm just in
1: uh Louisiana. Um I'm from New Orleans, Louisiana. That was that was home and I just started this about two years ago. So I felt like this would be a good place to kind of let the baby uh, run and see how it works out. But yeah, definitely have um, plans on expansion. But I think once we kind of scale it out in Louisiana, it'll be um, something we're looking forward in the future to expanding. It's uh, further out.
0: Awesome. So Thanks, you know, you're at uh, you're also doing work with Apartment List, and it's by mm-hmm. no means the first job that you've had thinking about the different stops that you've had in your post football career, what is the one thing that you wish you knew that someone maybe in your shoes could have told you like, like, uh, you know, the roles were reversed, the kids that you normally work with, what's the one piece of advice you wish you had? Uh,
1: man. To, I guess how to do a resume. (laughs) I know it sounds crazy. Yeah. Start one. I think that's probably pretty key. Um, Resume and, and having the right network, man, because honestly you get a lot of opportunities just by the people you know, right? Like Definitely. I say, your 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 network is your net worth. Um and I think that's really important. Uh you having those connections and people that can get you know your foot in the door is 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 something that is priceless for the most part. Um but yeah, and I mean just I think a resume is really important too, just because that's your first form of, you know, personal interaction per se, right? So when a recruiter is looking at your resume, they're envisioning what you what you look like, what you bring to the table, um, you know, what what assets you may have, and how can you grow within a company, and how you know the company would be willing to work with you. So it's it's a plethora of things, but I think those are the biggest two. Um, because you got to work, you got to make money, whether you're an entrepreneur, whether you work for someone, you know, it requires you to work. So
0: <laughs> all the time, every time. Uh, now, I I believe I have this, right? Were you with the NFLPA, uh, like former player services for a while?
1: Yeah, I was. So, and that was pretty cool just because you got to deal with, you know, a bunch of guys who, you know, who, who were in the situation that I'm explaining now. Right. And, exactly. and also more importantly, just needed to kind of know the benefits that the uh, NFLPA provided. Um there are a lot of benefits that they do provide the nfl does provide a lot of stuff as well um i think that that's very important um to know just because when i first came out i didn't know i was kind of ignorant of that and i mean there are a lot of things that i think they can do better at too <laughs> but overall i mean there are some services that a lot of guys can take advantage of and i think can help with you know that full-on transition
0: yeah. And that's why I bring it up. It feels like maybe you didn't know it at that time, but you've been building steam towards this. You know, you go through the yeah. transition yourself, then you help guys go through the transition. And then now you're finding a way to preemptively help any athlete, maybe before they, they hit the professional level, to deal with how to separate yourself from sports.
1: Exactly. So it's, it's pretty cool, man. It's, uh, I don't even think it was on purpose, <laughs> but I'm glad it played out the way it played out for sure.
0: It from, you know, at 2020 looking back, it seems like it all lined up perfectly, even if right. you know, maybe you didn't know along the way. Um But, you know, for for us to have this conversation, though, everything you've gone through, you if I had it right, you weren't exactly a football player to begin with, it's a little bit of a basketball guy.
1: Yeah. Oh, you really did your homework. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. So I started off on um, basketball player. That was kind of like my heart and soul initially. Um... I didn't even want to touch a football. Uh, I didn't stop playing football until I guess high school, um, played on the, well, so my high school had a, started in eighth grade. So I played on a freshman team in eighth grade in high school and my freshman year played varsity in my high school. But with well, football is what I'm trying to say, I guess. But um, basketball was pretty much my first love. Um, I did that from a young age up to, you know, I guess high school wasn't as successful on the basketball court in high school as i was on 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 the football field and i was a tight end so it was a different position but overall i mean i got a lot more exposure on in the football field than i did on the basketball court so you know i had to make a strategic and smart decision (laughs) so i decided to go with that scholarship um and it, it paid off man long term like looking back it was a crazy decision to leave new orleans to go all the way to West Virginia in the mountains. Uh, that's totally different type of scene.
0: Just um, a little different,
1: huh? Yeah, right. <laughs> so uh, it was uh, definitely a, a shock for sure. But I will say that I think it was probably one of the best decisions that I made you know, ever. And uh, I'm excited that it turned out the way it turned out for sure.
0: So I just want to talk a little bit more about your road to get to the NFL, because you, as you said, a tight end. But you get to West Virginia in your red shirt. The -hmm. next year, it's sort of, you know, you're not playing as much as I'm sure you want to. So it's your Mm -hmm. third year, going into your third year at the school, that you try out offensive line. Do do you remember how that sort of comes about? Um, And how receptive were you to that idea?
1: Oh, yeah, I've never forgotten. (laughs) So, uh, literally, I was, like you said, so my first three years, I didn't really play much at tight end. Um, and I was called into the office by the guy that recruited me, uh, Calvin McGee. He was our running backs coach and office coordinator um, under Richard Rodriguez. And he called me into the office in the spring, right before spring started. And he was like, hey, Selvish, I wanted to let you know. I wanted you to hear from me first. Um, We're going to go ahead and move you to offensive line. And (laughs) I mean, I thought it was a joke, right? I was like, are you funny? But he was like, no, I'm serious. This is the move we want to make. And we had just gotten a new offensive line coach, Greg Fry. He had just came from Michigan. So he was excited about it. And he came into the office and told me he was excited. And the whole time, I'm just tuning him out, looking at Coach McGee. If, if I was a cartoon character, you would see a steam just coming from my ears, right? So it was crazy. But I had, like, this whole yelling match with Coach McGee. And he was just sitting there quiet. And, just silent and like, okay, let me know when you're finished. <laughs> and I, you know, I just, he, so I, I kind of gave him an ultimatum, right? I was like, look, you know, since you want to do this to me, I'm going to give you two weeks. I said, I'll give you two weeks. And after this two weeks is up, you know, if I don't like it and I don't feel like it's working out, I'm going to go back to tight end. And he was like, fair enough. So he went along with it and, you know, started spring training, and you know it didn't go well at first. I will say that it did not go well at all um but overall, I started to see the potential, and ultimately, I was on the field playing right instead of on the sidelines so I was like, okay, you know, they say in football the more you can do right, and in this case, the more I can do, I was able to switch positions um and you know go the career out of it so it worked out and I know like the day I got drafted by the Redskins, I called Coach McGee and I was just like, hey man, I know y'all gave you a mm-hmm. whole bunch of flack because he wasn't even at West Virginia at the time. I think he was at Michigan or had just moved to Arizona, one of the two. I think Michigan. But I let him know. I was like, hey, you know, thank you for the opportunity. Thank you for, you know, trusting in me to, you know, to, to get it done and ultimately it paid off. So thanks. I made sure I did that. But uh, yeah, man, it was it was a crazy transition.
0: And it's awesome that you called coach and thanked him. Um, I'm sure that, you know, he he really appreciated that. But so as your personal success begins to take off now, the team success, I mean, 07, you know, is peak Mountaineer time. I I mean, Mm -hmm. what coach Rich Rod is able to do, and um, I I think you guys get or finish at number six in the country. You see that when a coach gets players to buy in and the team success rises, Mm -hmm. well, now his personal success has risen to a point where he can now take the job at Michigan. Do you remember how that news broke and and what that did to you guys? And I mean, you you still had success after that. You you know, you were able you know, Steve Slayton, uh, Pat White. I mean, there was, it was a wagon, but what, how did that just shake the locker room?
1: Yeah. um, It was crazy, man. So I don't know if you remember, but the year before, Uh, coach Rodriguez left West Virginia he was also being looked at by Alabama and this was it was him and Nick Saban right um ultimately he kind of turned down a job and Nick Saban got the job at Alabama so part of, of some of the guys talking to some of the guys part of us felt like he kind of regretted that decision and when the next opportunity presented itself he was like okay hey I'm gonna leave I'm gonna go I'm gonna take it right um and I, we, we took that hard because it was right before our bowl game. Um, right. So we, so that year, the year he left was the year we should have been in the national championship. But we lost our last game to our rival, um, Pittsburgh, at the time. We were in the Big East. Um, it was the backyard brawl. And it was, it was tough. You know, it was a tough pill to swallow. And I think that just gave him enough motivation to be like, okay, look, I got as close as I can probably get, you know? And and I think that was just kind of somewhat of his insecurity at that point in time. I don't know for sure. But he ultimately told us when we were in a meeting prepping to go to Arizona to play Oklahoma in the uh, Fiesta Bowl. And he told us right before we left, hey, I wanted to let you guys know that I am leaving. I am going to Michigan. And I mean, the room, everybody's, mouth and eyes you know eyes got big the the jaw dropped right we were like wait what (laughs) because we 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 heard you know the chatter because there was just rumors going around but we weren't sure and he never brought the conversation up and we literally found out I think the same day it was somewhat announced and we were a lot of we were all disappointed I mean it it was tough you know I, I think the one thing I will say about college sports, like I said, it is a business. And that's one of the things I, I did learn while being in college, Um, or I guess at an earlier stage, when a lot of guys do um before they go to the NFL is that, you know, those players go to those universities because they've bought in to what that coach is selling or that coach is offering. Right. So when that player comes in, they're committed, you know, they're, they're like, okay, I, I trust the process. You know i'm I'm gonna go ahead and push through this i know you may be killing me i know it may be hot outside i know i'm sweating my butt off you know i know i'm banging my body against this guy you know every single play but i'm gonna do it because i believe in what you're selling and i think we all somewhat felt portrayed that you know we that he kind of may have given up or you know he decided to do what he thought was best for his family i mean who knows but Ultimately, we somewhat felt betrayed just because we committed to the process, and we after that big old loss we just kind of felt as if though he gave up on the process right um so there was a lot a lot of a lot of emotions roaming in that in that building, but ultimately man we we decided to press on um we got coach Bill Stewart um rest in peace to him he passed away a few years ago um but we went to the Fiesta Bowl and we we smashed Oklahoma, right? And I think, you know, that was that was huge, you know, for us, just because, you know, we at the time before the uh, the Pittsburgh game, we were ranked number three in the country. Um, it was us and it was Missouri who was expected to play in the championship. Missouri had lost to Oklahoma, and we'd lost Pittsburgh, so LSU and Ohio State took our place and. LSU won and I'm from New Orleans and I just hate the LSU one but uh but uh yeah man so it it was, it was tough for everyone and ultimately you know we had to suck it up and move forward went to uh the BCS Bowl and, and took it out on Oklahoma
0: and I mean uh, there, there's so much to, to, that I'd like to get into there but it in the interest of time, I, I want to just jump forward a little bit uh, to your NFL days. Uh, so you, you go through a little bit of a, a gauntlet there from dealing with a coaching change, you know, uh, being able to overcome adversity. When you get to the Redskins, it, it, it's Coach Shanahan's first year. You know, they draft mm-hmm. you, so I'm sure, you know, you're riding that high. But, you know, ultimately, how do you deal with only being on the practice squad
1: Mm-hmm.
0: And on the same part, like, you're now playing with, you know, Trent Williams, Jamal Bruna. I mean, you have two legit offensive tackles that you can learn from because you also are getting better, too. You've only been playing tackle for, like, three or four years.
1: Yeah. I mean, it was it was kind of surreal, for one, just to be drafted. I mean, I so ultimately, I think – so if there are, like, players who are aspiring to be NFL athletes – I would tell them, like, if you expect expecting to get drafted, just know that it would be the most miserable time of your life. Uh, <laughs> just because it was so stressful, man. Um, yeah, it was very stressful because, you know, you hear all this hoopla about how, okay, you may be drafted here, you may be drafted here, and this performance can mess that up. This test can mess that up at the combine. Like, it's a lot of factors that come into play, but it will be a stressful time, right? Um, but ultimately, yeah, I mean, it's still coming off that high of getting drafted. Um, I thought that was awesome. Um, got to the Redskins uh, facilities, met team uh, teammates, met coaches, met other staff members. Um, it was great. Um, it was awesome, and you know, met my class that I came in with uh, was pretty cool too. Um, and yeah, it, it was it was a great vibe, man. I think the I think with Shanahan too, with him having the background he had of winning, you know, the three Super Bowls at the time with the Broncos and, you know, Elway being his quarterback and, you know, being under a coach who pretty much is, you know, Hall of Famer, right? Um, that was awesome. You know, that's that's kind of like a surreal dream for, you know, incoming rookie, right? And yeah, it, it was awesome. So just meeting everybody and kind of getting affiliated with everyone and and then also, you know, understanding that this is the NFL, it's a business and These are grown men that I'm going to be playing against uh, who, you know, have to feed their families. Uh, It was, it was a lot to take in and just how the game moves so much faster than what college does. Right. So it's a lot of different factors, but yeah, it it was, it was a great learning experience and a great uh, I guess snap into reality. (laughs)
0: So, yeah, I, I mean, multiple times now you've mentioned the business side of it, whether it's college or the NFL, how did you mm-hmm. deal with uh, you know, September of what would be your second year having mm-hmm. the Redskins say, hey, see you later? But how do you deal with that? And ultimately, we know, of course, you make it to the Giants, but you have like a, like a one-month give or take span where you're like, am I going to play again? What's going on? How, what do I do here? How do you deal with all that?
1: Uh, that was tough, too. Um, getting let go. I think that was the first time I was ever cut. All right. So that was that was a big reality check too. Um it was a lot to take in, man. Um somebody telling you that you know good at something that you've been prepping for your whole life, uh, it's tough to take in. It's a tough pill to swallow. And you seeing guys that you know you came in with or guys that you formed relationships with and them still being a part of that team and you all gotta go your own separate ways. You don't know if it's if, if the connection's gonna stay the same. You don't know if you're gonna keep in contact with them. You don't know where your future is headed, know where you're going to go. Is the team going to be good? Is anybody going to pick me up at all? Is my career done? There's a lot of things roaming around in your head. But ultimately, yeah, I got the opportunity to go to the Giants. And I mean, I will say, when I got to the Giants, first thing I did was compare the two organizations, right? And just off the bat. Only
0: natural. You have
1: to. Yeah, yeah, right. (laughs) So just off the bat, just off the the look, I was like, okay, I, I kind of got an upgrade, right? Um, the facilities are, are nicer. I mean, just to be, you know, fully transparent. Um, one of the things I, I think I spoke about a lot when I was in D.C., I felt that my college facilities, you know, had a little bit more love put into them versus, you know, what it was in D.C. And then, you know, going back to the Giants, um, well, going to the Giants, I kind of, I was like, okay, well, yeah, this is probably what it's supposed to be like in a professional uh uh, rank so that was pretty cool um and like I said I got to you know meet Eli Manning and you know Justin Tuck and you know uh I mean just all these big names that you know won Super Bowls right so uh it was just it, it was great man like you felt like you were to win an organization and you know I was lucky to get a Super Bowl right after that so I mean that was that was great
0: <laughs> yeah, no one can ever take that from you. You're part of a Super Bowl winning team. And to get that, uh, it almost feels like you fell into it. Like, okay, I'll sign with mm-hmm. this team. Little do you know, they're about to take off. Right. So how much does practicing against the Justin Tuck, but it's not just him, the The Giants in that time dominated with their defensive line. So I'm sure practice was awful if you had a block mm-hmm. JPP, OC, you know Justin Tuck, yeah. and even their interior guys. There, I mean, Chris Canty's a monster. Uh, how how much did that make you better just going up against them every day?
1: I mean, it was it was great, man. It was it was a challenge for sure, but I will say, like, I felt like just getting a rep. So one thing, like, in practice squad, you you get a lot of reps, right? Um, but I will say the benefit to that is that you're getting those reps against guys who are actually playing in those games, who are, you know, the best of the best, um, who've had the experience and who, who stand out in the league, right? So, like you said, going against OC, going against Justin, going against, you know, JPP, Chris Canty, man, gave me the biggest stinger in my neck ever, <laughs> forever, man. But it was, I mean, just going against those guys on a regular basis, it definitely made you better as a player. And at the same time, you know, I'm hoping that I made them better, right? Um, because that's definitely the foundation of the practice squad. So it was, it was, it was cool. It was it was a good opportunity. Um, it was an awesome experience. Um had good coaches playing for Tom Kaufman was awesome. Uh, he was definitely a guy who knows what he wants and how he wants it. Um and he expects you to abide by that and um he expects you to be accountable and reliable. But um he wasn't a tough guy to play for at all. He definitely was, uh, cause I've heard a bunch of stories prior to going to to New York and, you know, I, I will say he, he uh, transitioned with time. <laughs> he calmed down with time he rolled with the punches and uh, yeah, he was able to adapt
0: with, you know, with, with team members. So you, you've already painted right there, a pretty good picture of, what went into him being able to have success, you you know, Mm -hmm. not just getting that Super Bowl, but I mean, obviously he won multiple there year in and year out, a competitive team. Can you, you were there for a few years. So can you put your finger on what made that run special? What was going on in the locker room or something in particular about how coach Coughlin just approached his job and getting everyone on the same page?
1: Yeah, honestly, I I mean, I think it was the buy-in, um, you know, they had everybody in there believing that, you know, we all are in this together. Like we all play a part and we all have a role. Um, whether you were a starter, whether you were a guy backup, whether you were a practice squad, everybody had the belief that, you know, they played a role and their role was vital to the success of the team. And I mean, it does help that we had like a lot of key guys that were just awesome players, but You know, those players aren't individuals. They have to play together as a team. So, I mean, just kind of go back to that buy-in, I think that that was pretty key. Um, And Coach Kaufman just doing a good job of keeping everybody on the same page, making sure everybody was rested, making sure everybody felt as if, though you know, if they had injuries, they were taken care of, um, making sure that everyone was committed to, you know, going to meetings, the film, doing the extra work that was needed to be successful, um, whether that be weight training, whether that be, you know, you know just whatever eating healthy like everybody was on the same page that year and it just worked out because it was crazy because the season kind of started slow but like, we picked it up in the end,
0: right? <laughs> um, now I, I have to ask. So you already said that as a practice squad player, you're hoping you're making the other guys better. You mm-hmm. grind away with the Redskins. You grind away with the Giants. Mm-hmm. Towards the end of your second year there, though, you mm-hmm. finally are on the field it, playing on Sundays. What did it feel like to be like I? finally now get my chance to go out there on a Sunday
1: uh it felt great man it felt rewarding you know like I was like this is what I worked for this is what I you know this is what this is what all of the you know tears and the injuries and the sweat and all that was for you know to come out here and you know be a part of that crowd and well I'm, I'm sorry part of this team and you know get all of the you know the motivation and hype from the crowd and yeah, man, that, that grass looks so much greener on Sundays, man. It's <laughs> it's definitely totally totally worth it, and just uh, um, an experience that you know you only dream of as as a player. So it was great.
0: Now, uh, I, from that high though, unfortunately, your time with the Giants, uh, I believe, ends in 2013. Mm-hmm. How do you navigate that? Because ultimately, you do go into the CFL. You get a chance to hook up with Noel Devine again. A couple of Mountaineers playing together up yeah. there. how how did you just navigate wanting to ultimately go to the CFL and then how did you decide okay now it's time to to hang it up
1: yeah so so when I got released from the Giants um it it sucked especially because I I mean I got injured in the preseason so that was just the the way I didn't see my career going um and I guess I just couldn't heal in time I I had a lot of interest from other teams but I mean honestly I just couldn't heal in time and and the options that I had on the table initially were just kind of diminishing, so the CFL called um, they offered me an opportunity to come out there and just ultimately you know get some film that way I can prep and to come back to the NFL um, it was it was cool it was it was good just because it allowed me to kind of keep doing what I loved, but at the same time it also was tough another adjustment I had to make just because I'm in a different country with the, and it's still football, but it's still different rules. Um, different teammates, you know, different expectations, uh, different coaches. So that was a challenge just because things are different in Canada than what they are in the NFL. Um, for one, the salaries, <laughs> I think that was probably the biggest, um, uh, thing, but ultimately, I mean, it was great because I still had great relationships there in Canada. Um built a lot of relationships with guys that I still talk to today um, and yeah man it it was awesome it was it was it was cool to actually play abroad. I've never gotten an opportunity to kind of live abroad and you know live in a different country and you know experience different people from that country and what it's like to live there. so that was pretty cool too
0: nice well, you know deciding to actually hang it up though. How how tough was that? So uh, I, I'm sure it's like 2015, 2016. When are you like? Yeah. You know what? I'm at the end.
1: Yeah, that was uh. So when I hung it up, that was part of me making that decision, and I think it was also partly my wife making that decision. Uh, I will say, so from my wife's point of view, um, you know, she she's been with me for the long haul, and she was like, Okay, well look, you know, we don't know what's gonna happen with your career. And at the time I wasn't really getting any buzz from the NFL to go back. And I wasn't really excited to stay in Canada. Um, so she was like, Okay, well look, this is kind of the the idea. Like we can go, you can call it quits, and I can start my career, which she had the right to. She's an attorney, so she got barred and put in all that work and all that time to do that and wanted to kind of reap the benefits of that. And I was kind of slowing that down just because we didn't want to be apart from each other, right? We were actually newly at the time, so she was just going through it for me, which I appreciated deeply um so that was part of it, and I guess my part was just the fact that I felt at a point a certain point when I got to the c f l um at a certain point, I just felt like I wasn't getting fulfilled anymore by the sport um I don't know if it was just the business side, or me just falling out of love with the sport, or whatever it may be. But I just didn't have the same love. Like I remember one day going out to practice. I'm just like, why am I here? Like I felt like I was forcing it. Um, and when that happens, I feel like you just need to let it go. You know, don't don't do something you're not in love with. Um, I was definitely put in a position. So a lot of people don't get the opportunity to do something that they love, right? I was granted that opportunity and I wasn't going to, you know, take advantage of that opportunity by doing something that I didn't really love it anymore. I felt like I was doing a disservice to the game and I would be doing a disservice to my teammates. So ultimately I just decided, okay, well, cool. I'll just hang it up, you know, now I just got to figure out this transition phase. What do I do next? Um, And I think it was easier to just say goodbye, but even harder to figure out what to do next. So when I found that, when I figured that out, I mean, it was kind of smooth sailing from there.
0: Yeah, and, and as we, we talked about at the beginning, how that leads, to the, the, taking these different jobs and, and being able to be in yeah. a position now where you have your own foundation, where you can help guys learn what that process is going to be before they even have a chance to be confused. Give them the For information sure. uh, up front.
1: For sure. I agree wholeheartedly.
0: Well, yeah, selfish. as we wrap this up, I just have one last thing for you. It's called The Gauntlet. It's just a quick hitter question segment. I need your knee-jerk <laughs> answer, man. What's most important in winning? Is it having the number one offense or the number one defense?
1: Oh, man. So I'm an offensive guy, right? But I will say having a defense, it definitely wins championships, man.
0: You watched it firsthand. You, you yeah. would know. <laughs> right. Definitely, no. yeah. Do you have a, did you have a pregame ritual that you stuck to?
1: Uh, Yeah, I did. So I had the same playlist that I listened to. It was just three songs. Um, I listened to three songs before every game. And I would go out and I would literally work. So I did all my workouts between the the 10 and 20 yard line. Nothing else. On the left side of the field. On our, on our, uh on our sideline so that was pretty much all i did and that that was it <laughs> what are the songs though i knew you were gonna ask me that uh <laughs> so the songs were um what's eminem's song uh
0: there's man, a lot I, of them it's not giving oh, it's, me a whole lot it's to go uh,
1: on seven mile uh,
0: uh oh lose yourself
1: yeah lose yourself is one of my songs um And then it was two songs off of Lil Wayne's um, uh, mixtape CD. uh, Shucks. Money on My Mind and I'm Me by Lil Wayne. So, yeah, those are the three songs that I literally played every single game.
0: Love it. Now, was there ever one player or one coach you just wish you would have had a chance to play with?
1: Uh, I don't know, man. I played with some. Pretty legendary coaches, I feel like. But uh, it would have been good to probably play with, like, a Bill Parcells. I think that would have been kind of awesome. I kind of liked his his vibe. He was one of those. He reminded me of a Tom Coughlin to an extent. But, uh, yeah, I think Bill Parcells would have been a good person to play with, and if I had time back in the day, yeah.
0: Now, and I never explicitly asked, but, you you know, from Coughlin, Shanahan, Rich Rod, Coach Stewart, I mean, were you able to kind of pinpoint different things that would allow you to sort of take that and help you find success outside of football? Did you see, like, what made successful players or successful coaches get them to that level that you were able to take?
1: Yeah. uh, So with Coughlin, I think it was just the accountability and the integrity piece um he was one of those people who like you know hey i'ma put you out there but i'm expecting you to perform um and i think that kind of works within a workplace or even in my life now like people depend on you they expect you to come through right so will you actually put in the work to do so um and one of the things i still do today i know with the giants tom coughlin he he said all the clocks in the building five minutes early so all of our meetings so if the meeting was at Eight o'clock. The meeting's actually at seven fifty-five, um, so you had to be in that meeting at seven fifty-five, right? So, um, but I still do that today because he was like, you know, hey, if you're five minutes uh, late, you're early, or, or if you're on time, you're 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 late, and if you're five minutes uh, early, you're on time. So, I mean, that kind of resonates with me today. I do my best and I miss any meetings, I'm pretty pretty prompt, for the most part. So uh, yeah, that's 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 definitely something I learned from him. Um, Rodriguez, I think, just the cohesiveness, finding those people you gel with, and to make something work, right? I think that's what he did at West Virginia. We didn't necessarily have the greatest players in the world, but he put a system in place where we all can shine, and we all can work together to shine. Um, I think that was pretty uh, awesome, and that's definitely something I learned from him. You just find, you surround yourself with the right people, you can be successful.
0: Got it. And last one, which I think dovetails very nicely into what you just said, what's the best piece of advice that you would give right now to a young student-athlete? Uh, to always make
1: sure that you are prepared, right? Whether it be for sports, whether it be for life, make sure that you always have a backup plan. I think, that's, that's very, I think it's very important um you're going to always need one because no plan is perfect and you will always need to make an adjustment so just be prepared for that and just always have a backup plan
0: there you go well salvage thank you so much for taking the time and in closing where can everyone follow you or keep up with what you're doing
1: yeah so if they want to follow me they can follow me on instagram uh twitter the same it's at athletes forward um And also on my social media, it's my personal social media. It's at SelvishCapers60 and that's for Instagram and Twitter as well. Um, If you, if it's Facebook, it's just SelvishCapers.
0: There's so many platforms now that we all have to keep track of. There's so
1: many, man. (laughs) So I just, I try to just keep the same names and just make it simple.
0: (laughs) Awesome. Well, again, thank you so much for taking the time. Uh, Thank you. You have a great one.